This is Market Scales in the Cloud, a fireside chat for learning, debates, and discussion on the hottest trends in IoT. Hello, welcome to In the Cloud. I'm your host, Hillary Kennedy with Market Scale, and today's episode covers tech security for the small business sector, which is a rapidly growing concern. Cyber criminals are targeting businesses of every size, and the data that your business has, including user records, financials, identity documents, those can be so tempting for online scammers who want to make easy money and then reuse it in other cyber crimes. So to give us a deeper understanding of these topics, our guest is Chase Norland, the CEO of Transmosis, a nationally recognized cybersecurity workforce developer and the creator of Transmosis One, military-grade cybersecurity protection for small business. Norlin is a serial technology entrepreneur that founded the internet's first online video sharing platform and one of the first video search engines, photo sharing services, and video ad networks. Very accomplished, great resume, and I can't wait to have this conversation. So thanks for being on the show, Chase. Awesome. Thanks, Hillary. Good to meet you. Excited to be here and good summary on your overview. That's exactly what's happening. <laughs> Good deal. Well, I'm I'm really interested in this topic because we're going to start off with a statistic. Two in five small to medium-sized businesses were impacted by ransomware in 2020. 41% of respondents in a survey of business owners had a cybersecurity mishap that was related to COVID-19. This is just happening all over. What would you say triggered this rise in cyber fraud? Well, first of all, thank you. It's a good observation. So that's all accurate. Um, cyber fraud is on the rise regardless of all these new factors that, that come into this. And we should also make sure we talk about the impact in particular on small businesses. Uh, but there's a variety of things leading to this. Obviously, uh, the increase in remote work environments uh, makes businesses and all businesses of all shapes and sizes more vulnerable, uh, especially small businesses. Uh, on this whole work from home working on insecure Wi-Fi networks, working in Starbucks, et cetera, that's really accelerated it. Uh, because if you think about it, and even large businesses, if you think about it, you know, a lot of those companies were previously inside these lockdown offices, you know, with network security and, and all the typical you know, hardware on premise in terms of protecting businesses. And now in a remote work environment, almost all of that is removed. So that's, I think, one of the key that's one of the key indicators here. The other kind of key indicators of why this is happening is cyber criminal activity is beginning much more sophisticated and growing. And you've probably heard of things like ransomware as a service. Uh, basically, there's just an incredible increase in the, in the scope of the infrastructure that cyber criminals can utilize to go after businesses and in particular small businesses. Um, and right. So think about that. I think like 10 years ago, this whole idea of the, you know, the random hacker in someone's basement that's going trying to take down Bank of America, like, you know, the old movie, you know, War Games. Uh, well, now it's an entire industry. I mean, the, these cyber criminals are literally going into offices and, and very methodically in an organized fashion going after businesses, uh, and in particular small businesses, which are now the number one target for cyber attack. You know, also ransomware as a service, like I said, really ties into that. Essentially, the infrastructure is there now where cyber criminals can basically go rent criminal software to perform ransom attacks. So it's a total free-for-all. It's this kind of merging of all these events at once has created a very challenge, you know, I mean, a very vulnerable situation for all businesses, and in particular small ones. 
So what are some of those gaps in security that you see with small businesses that are, are putting them at risk? You know, there's a variety, essentially. So um, I'm glad you asked that. So the number one thing that we see that's going on right now is that these, end, it's in particular related to endpoint security. And this also happens to be our entire focus. But what endpoints mean are desktop laptops or servers, you know, whether they're physical, you know, at, in an office or in a remote work location, you know, or in the cloud. And so 70% plus of these ransom mal ransomware malware attacks and it's now extortionware attacks, you know, are targeting or originating at the customer endpoint. So in layman's terms, what that means is you've got all these remote workers at big companies or medium to large enterprises now working remotely on their corporate laptops or even on their own personal computers uh, and or small businesses working remotely uh, on their skin laptops or desktops in that remote work environment. Those are all endpoints. And so when endpoints are sitting on these insecure wireless networks, wherever they may be, Starbucks or at home, whether it's large corporation or small, they're particularly vulnerable. So, and that's what the majority of these ransomware attacks and these cyber criminals are going after. And what that really means is think of, you know, you're working at home, you're on your corporate laptop, you'll click on the wrong email or you go to the wrong website, you download some malicious software and that can perpetrate a ransom attack that can take down the entire network shut down your entire company, even though you're by yourself at home, uh, and they can demand, obviously, ransoms for that, and those have to be paid in a lot of cases, um, not to mention all the business downtime. We can talk about all the we can talk about all the liability that these businesses are carrying, but that's essentially what's happening is that, is that that infrastructure for protecting businesses is dramatically removed because of these remote work environments. Well, since the risk atmosphere is especially dangerous for small businesses, how does someone protect their business effectively, but but not break the bank doing it? Okay, yeah, very good question. So, so the way we like to to think about it, and I'll kind of oversimplify here, uh, is think of you know if you think of these larger companies, they've got lots of different sophisticated software. Think of kind of network security, you know, physical hardware related to that, you know, email security. Uh, firewalls that could be physical or virtual. Those are all things you probably hear a lot about. You, you, these are terms you guys have probably heard a lot about, you know, as it relates to, um, as it relates to protecting say, an office environment. Now, you know, in a distributed work environment, essentially what's happening is I think a good visual we like to tell our, our partners and even friends and family is that the number one thing you want to be doing, especially if you're a small business, is protecting your endpoints. And we see a lot of SMBs and small businesses that actually make the mistake of investing all this money in network security and all the stuff I was just talking about, you know, more sophisticated office-like security, and then their endpoints are, are completely unprotected. You know, or they're running consumer antivirus. So think of um, uh, you know, McAfee or Norton. Those are endpoint solutions. Those are consumer-grade. And so what that means is you've got all these business owners out there, and we're talking millions of them around the globe, the United States that are falsely believing that their businesses are protected uh, by running by, by having consumer antivirus like a Norton or a McAfee, which really could not be further from the truth. They're incredibly exposed. And so what we to the long the long story the long story long I've been giving here is that what we advise is number one, nailing down those endpoints. You want to button up and lock down those endpoints as your number one uh, your number one objective, and then you can layer on all the additional kind of more sophisticated security solutions. And, and the visual to think about it 
is think of almost like a cell, you know, like a, like a, a biological cell with these external membrane being like the network security, email security, firewalls. Those are all trying to filter out all the litany of attacks that are coming in and potential breaches that are trying to p- penetrate the outer cell membrane. Well, what they're trying to get to in most cases is the endpoint, kind of the cell nucleus. And so we see a lot of mistakes made where you, know, you invest in these outer layers, but you, you leave the core nucle- nucleus exposed. It really should be reversed. You want to nail down those endpoints. And again, if you're a small business, and then layer on more, more sophisticated solutions after that. Well, that's such a great point. And we are only as strong as our weakest link. So as the CEO of a cybersecurity company, what kind of call to action would you suggest for company leaders around the world to take risk management even more seriously? Because everyone kind of needs to be on the same page taking this very seriously. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I will tell you right now that, and we see this a lot, is there is such a gap and again, I, I, as you know, we're focused on SMBs in particular, small businesses. So my, my answer to that is kind of framed around small businesses and, and home professionals. But the number one thing you want to be doing is really taking the security of your endpoints and of your desktop or laptops, you know, much more seriously than you're currently doing. And there really is a myth out there that these consumer products can, can, can protect you against these extremely sophisticated, organized criminal activities. It's just not the case. And so the reason why a lot of people listening haven't been hacked, breached, ransomed, or extorted yet is because they just haven't gotten around to you yet. I mean, literally, it's, it's as dire as that. Uh, but they are coming. And it's a statistical inevitability. And so, and, and also because those doors are so unguarded. And so to answer your question, the number one thing, again, whether they were using our solution or not, if I was you know, having dinner with somebody and they were a friend or a family member, I would tell them this exact same thing is I would do two things. I would, number one, and again, I'm talking whether you're a two, three-person sole proprietorship or you're a 500-person SMB small business or a 50-person company, uh, or even if you're a much larger company and they haven't done this yet, I would say the number one thing you want to do is have the most sophisticated enterprise class protection for your endpoints. I, I can't overemphasize that enough. And the other thing I would recommend and some companies do this, we're one of the pioneers of this, uh, is I would also have bundled cyber liability insurance coverage. This is becoming increasingly important. And there are new companies out there, ours included, that actually bundle those together so that the risk is significantly reduced. Because what happens is you can have an insurance policy, but the claim will not get paid if you weren't using the right technology. And this, by the way, is part of a much larger trend. We wrote, I wrote an article about this recently. You can see it on our website. Um, on transmosis.com about this continued integration of cybersecurity technology and insurance coverage. We expect that trend to continue and you're going to find more bundled solutions over time. Right now, it's a little bit of a mishmash. If you went with us, like I said, we're a pioneer of that. You can get it all in one, uh, but regardless, you want to button down the endpoints and get a cyber liability insurance policy in place. Those are great tips. And I, I would love to know too, What's, what's really motivating people to, to kind of jump on this more so now than they were maybe a year ago and really take this more seriously? Yeah, and that's a really good point because, you know, there, a lot of this you see is this fear-based marketing, right? Around you're going to get hacked, you're going to get breached. And, um, you know, that only that kind of cyber cybersecurity marketing, you really see is a disconnect for the smaller businesses. So in the cybersecurity industry, 
it's basically medium to large cybersecurity companies marketing to medium to large cybersecurity people and business, you know, companies that have cybersecurity people or that are mm-hmm. knowledgeable about it. So when you start going to smaller businesses, no one has any idea what you're talking about. And so unfortunately, the industry has a really big marketing problem because most business owners, they can't relate. It's a very abstract concept. They can't relate to the concept of a cyber attack or they think it's not going to happen to them or if it does, it's going to be easy to get over it, all of which is completely untrue. And I think the biggest kind of issue on the marketing side there is that it's um, it's so abstract. What is a cyber attack? What's going to happen to me? I've, it's never happened before. I've never heard of it. And so it just seems very far removed. However, I think the best way to think about it, and we're spending a lot of time um, reconfiguring these stories so, so business owners can relate to this. And this is actually really important is liability all there is a an entire massive amount of liability that is now exists for business owners in particular small businesses that just didn't exist before and it's true for larger businesses as well except that you know larger businesses typically have much more you know they have cyber liability insurance policies because they have to you know if you're over a thousand employees um because the risk is so high of failure but there is so much new liability that business owners are carrying today, that's something they can, they can relate to. And because all business owners have to carry a, li- a business liability policy. And so the liability that exists today for business owners is what we call first and third party liability. And basically what all that means is that because everything is digitized, if you look at the last 10 to 15 years, think of like how you transacted business 15 years ago as a, as a small business owner. Like you literally might have a cash register. Right? It's kind of, it's hard to believe that, that those days were even you know, 10 or 15 years ago, but they were. So you had a cash register. Now, what do you have? You're online. It's PayPal. It's Stripe. Well, how do you fulfill on your service needs? And how is everything done? It's done through a CRM. It's done through email. So everything is digital now. And so as a result of everything being digital, the liability and the connection to partners, customers, and vendors is dramatically higher. So what that means is business owners carry a tremendous amount of financial risk. That's represented by what we call first and third party liability. First party means that you're attacked, you, you get ransomed, you got to pay the ransom, your business is down, you're not selling, you're not making money, and you got reputational damage. That in of itself is why 60% of small businesses go out of business six months after a breach. Now there's third party liability. So if that was affected a partner, or if there was a customer in your database, um, and all that information was released. You can now get sued by partners and by vendors, et cetera. That's what we call this third-party liability. That layers on a whole nother level of financial risk. And the third thing is we've got now all this increased regulatory liability. And you've probably heard about this, Hillary, this think of the SHIELD Act in New York. You've heard of the CCPA, mm-hmm. you know, the Privacy Act in California. And there's now multiple states have them. What that means is if you're breached, not only are you going to have first-party liability and third-party liability where partners and customers and vendors sue you, the states can go after you with fines. Because what that means is if you've got a customer, since you're online and your data got out um, and it was a customer from New York or California or some of these other states, then you're facing six and seven figure fines if that data was breached. And so you can imagine all wow. of that added up together equals this massive amount of financial liability. Most small business owners do not know this. And again, like I said, the industry has a huge marketing problem. Uh, and so that's what we need to fix is the marketing around this and to start moving away from, you know, all these abstract and very highly technical 
means of marketing and move and move more towards you know really talking about what the liability is that these business owners are carrying yes well definitely especially when you said 60 percent would be out of business if they, something like this occurred so that's i mean that's huge yeah exactly well chase norland ceo of transmosis thank you so much for joining us today i loved hearing your expertise on this topic because it's so timely right now i mean it's, it's always important but right now i feel like it's kind of on the forefront of everyone's mind so thank you so much for sharing your expertise yeah, Hillary, thanks so much for having me. And I want to thank everyone else for tuning in to this episode of In the Cloud. We'll be back with another episode soon, so watch for that. But until then, on behalf of Market Scale, I am your host, Hillary Kennedy.